So it's been a few weeks since much of the world went into lockdown, and honestly I don't see the lockdown being lifted anytime soon. I hope each and every one of you are taking this virus seriously and doing what you can to save lives including your own. In today's episode, we recap what's happened in the world of COVID-19, how it has impacted us personally and professionally, and share our thoughts on business during and after the virus. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. I'm your host, Garth Case, alongside my partners in all things green, Odein Gabe and Andre Brown. And this is The Real Green Show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, what's going on, G? How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's it's an interesting time. I'm I'm healthy and I'm happy about that. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I am. Um, it's crazy, man, being in the house locked up all day. But you know, we got to do what we got to do, right? We got to exactly. play our part. Agreed. Andre, you on the line? Yes, fellas. How you doing? Uh, yeah, we're here, man. We're here. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm feeling a little heavy this week. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Very concerned about this uh, coronavirus thing. Um, you know, but let's get into it. I'm glad. Glad to be here. Glad to hear you guys. Absolutely. No Likewise, man. Yep. So I guess to start off, um, everyone knows that, you know, we are literally on a, under attack. You know, this is probably as close to a world war as we'll see. Um, and everyone, I think, is doing as much as they can across the world to figure out a solution, I hope, um, to, to this problem that was, I think, very underestimated to begin with. Um, right now, when we look at the the world numbers, um, you know they're they're scary, but at the same time, um, there's some positive side to this. Um, so far in the world, we have 740,000. The time of this recording, 740,000 people who have been diagnosed. You know, 35,000 dead, but 157,000 recovered, uh, and that is maybe the positive side of things. Is that the recovery rate is much higher than the death rate um, which is you know just not typical in most pandemics so um, it means that we might have just gotten a lucky break here right Um, or we're doing much better than we think in terms of how we're tackling the problem Um, time will tell on that in the u.s the number is 143,000 cases um, found so far a uh, little bit over two and a half thousand people dead, um, but recovery rates are at um, well over four thousand. So again, more than the death rate, and so that trend is an important one uh, because if it were the other way around, um, you know, we would have a hell of a lot more to worry about. Not to diminish what we're worrying about right now. Uh, so, you know, again, things are moving in, in a positive direction. Uh, you know, Andre, I know you've been um, 
personally impacted you and I'll let you share a little bit about that. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately my aunt passed away yesterday. Um, I'm still processing it, not really sure how to deal with it just yet uh, because the threat is real. The thing that's overwhelming is that she became symptomatic on Friday, went to the hospital on Saturday, died on Sunday. Um, very, you know, again, still trying to figure out some of the details of what's going on. Had a number of conversations with um, a lot of medical doctors that I know personally, um, bringing me up to date, sharing insights on, on the disease itself. And, you know, the thing that was that became very apparent to me, that's the part that's hurting me more than losing her per se, is that, or per se, is that she could be, she could have been saved. I've been wondering, you know, the, the battle that has been going on between Governor Cuomo and the president over ventilators. What I've truly come to understand now is that this, this pandemic, as deadly as it is, it's actually, it's not only, I wouldn't say curable, but you can survive it if you can, if you can withstand the, the journey that it takes, the whole, the whole gestation period and once it goes through everything. The problem is, is that once it reaches its extreme state and it starts to affect the lungs, you need to have a ventilator. If you don't have a ventilator, you won't survive. And unfortunately, this is what happened to my aunt in that. And, you know, it kind of hurts because it's like, you know, we're, we're here in America. You know, we should have the best doctors and, and, and the best medical system and the best opportunities to, to get well. And, 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 and because they didn't have a ventilator, she's not here today. And that kind of hurts, you know, it's, it's still sinking in for me, um, but it's, it's, it's real. I take it more seriously. I've always taken it seriously, but because it has hit home to, you know, to, to, to me and my family, um, you know, we're, we're really, we're in a tailspin. We're appreciating life a lot more, but really want to get the message out to people that look, you know, this is not a joke. This is very real. Absolutely. And, you know, first of all, I want to say, you know, obviously my condolences to you and your family. This is it's never something you prepared for. And then when you have a situation like this where you're always looking to try to understand the why um, and not understanding that fully, it's it, you know, it just makes it even more confusing, uh, quite honestly. Uh, Dre, man, um, listen, that was your family and we're family, man. And I'm here, I'm, I'm really shaking here because, you know, this, a lot of this really could have been avoided, man. And, and, and to know that it's affecting so many people, you know, especially somebody so close to us, it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking, man. And, and, and condolences to your family, man. And, and I appreciate that, both of you. I mean, you know how I feel about you guys, you know. You know, when I shared the information with you guys yesterday, I was adamant that I was not going to affect it to the point where, you know, we, we weren't here to deliver our message and do the things that we have to do. Um, again, you know, as you stated, oh, the, the hard thing is it, it's avoidable. And back to what you led in with, you know, in your, in your statements, um, Garth, is that there are people, there, the numbers, the ratio between those who are recovering and dying, it's much greater than that. The reality of it is most of us will survive this. What's important is being able to have access to the tools that can help us survive. And that's that, that's the thing that's that's really scary as to what's going on right now. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I 
saw the um, the press conference that you mentioned, and you know the president and Cuomo having the difference of opinion about the number of ventilators required. Um, you know, it, it's sad to think that we're even having that discussion. It should never even be. I mean, if if we're estimating that we need 30,000 ventilators, that's what is necessary. Let's figure out a way to get that. Let's not debate the, the, the question, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I've seen more more and more of our president in that he cares more about his re-electability than he does about people's lives. And uh, that's unfortunate um, to see because that's a very, very poor sign of a leader. Uh, it's and, the know. same thing going on here in Michigan, too. Um, there, there's been a back and forth between him and uh, the governor here, um, Gretchen Whitmer. Um, you know, the, the Detroit situation is getting really bad here, and um, the, the, the cases are skyrocketing, the deaths are skyrocketing. And I'm sure they haven't recorded most of what is happening here uh, in the state. And, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's just going to trickle down. It's going to keep happening to each of these states as the weeks go by. And um, I think our government needs to recognize it and really put some strong measures in place to, to really curtail this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, to that point, uh, I recognize we have extended the social distancing, um, you know, rules up until I think April 30th, uh, somewhere there about where they'll be reevaluated. Um, you know, they're expecting that the disease, the COVID-19, will actually, you know, somewhere peak in that range for particularly New York, New Jersey, the, the state's most hard hit. Um, there are lots of other states that I think, um, you know, I've not fully reported and or, you know, just don't have the equipment and the tests. So there's a lot more to that, that will come about in, in, you know, kind of future months on these numbers. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see whether or not we can attain that. You know, I, I was shocked when the president talked about a, um, you know, Easter comeback from this, you know, getting the, the economy rebooted and people going to church and getting back together. I'm like, that is absolutely lunacy. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I think he he backed down off that. Thank God, um, because it's he's trying to, to to do something that is just detrimental to people's lives. And I, I just I I question it every single time. I, I think his priority would be the life of people, and you know which is what he was hired to protect. But um, obviously, he doesn't seem to get that. The message is not sinking in. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, in the tri-city area where I am, uh, we have a lot of travel guidelines, you know, not allowing us to move from state to state. Um, you know, the governor of Rhode Island, I think maybe kind of started this a bit by, in you know, um, directing her law enforcement officials or her um, uh, state troopers and so on to ensure that people with New York plates were pulled over or stopped to understand where they were going and why they were coming into their state. Uh, which is really, really strange, but it's just, just a, 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 I guess a, a sign of the times, right? You know, people are very nervous and very scared about, um, you know, bringing this infectious disease into their states um, and, and overwhelming their system. So I understand to a certain degree, and, and then the other side of that, it's kind of scary to think that we're, we're there now where we're not trying to help each other out. We're literally trying to shut each other out instead of help. So. It's, it's scary, um, and needless to say. Uh, well, and so, go ahead. Yeah, just just to, first of all, I, I see that you're deliberately trying to bait me into political target by bringing up your president <laughs> all the time, <laughs> knowing how I feel about him. And everything you said was 100% correct, but you could have added a few expletives to that. I agree. However, the seriousness of it, 
I think people really have to understand and start doing the things that they need to do to restrict this. The whole April 30th thing is not going to work if if people continue to socialize the way they are. I'm saying that specifically now because here in Florida, I swear it it's it's like the whole state is on spring break. You know, I go to the park to get some distancing so I can walk my dogs and stuff. And people are out there playing tag football, playing frisbee, barbecuing. You know, I mean, it's like I understand the whole thing of us all being home and that there's a way that we can go out and have some air and walk and stuff. But they're still socially con congregating, you know, in public areas by masses. And if we want to slow this whole thing down, as citizens, we have to do our individual part and adhere to what the guidelines are. It's real. Listen here, guys. Um, this thing isn't going to go away by April 30th. Let's be real. It's not. <laughs> um, April 30th is when you see the other states really um, feeling the impacts of this. And that's when we'll know um, just how far and how depleted um, our resources are. Um, and Americans think they're 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 you know by nature they feel invincible. They feel like they're they're the exception from the rest of the world. We've seen what's going on in Italy. We've seen the situation in China. We've seen what's going on in Spain right now with the amount of deaths. It's just ridiculous. And to think that you know we 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 we. We have these things in place to to make sure that we are not affected in the same way that these other countries are. And yet you still see all these people doing all these parties, these barbecues, these get togethers, these quarantine parties. It's it's ridiculous. It's and and, and it's really it's not gonna happen by April thirtieth. It's it's just not. Yeah, I think you know, I hate to say it and I'm I'm not a proponent of this usually, but I think we're going to need stricter law enforcement, right? You know, even stricter than we have now, you know, for people to get the point. You know, it shocks me that people are so selfish, right? That they don't understand that, you know, they're putting their own personal needs over in literally humanity's needs. Um, and that is a very, very, very strange thing to see. I get, again, it stems from, you know, our leadership. Our leadership is is downplaying and has always been downplaying this thing and um and i think in some people's minds they're not taking it seriously or they're saying oh it can't affect me um you know if it doesn't affect you and it doesn't kill you it probably might hurt someone close to you you know and this is the reality but this is why you can't be so selfish and it, it is it's it's very tough to see and deal with and and i'm hoping that uh, more gets done here uh yeah I, I personally don't have a solution um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys do. I, I just, you know, outside of people just doing what they're told, right, um, and trying their best to care about the fellow man and not themselves. Yeah, so. there really is no solution. It's 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 incumbent upon each of us to know, you know, the impact of this to to really take this thing serious and to know that, you know, within each of our, each of ourselves, we, we, we just have to do the right thing. It's, it's, it's a human trait at this point, unless you're going to enforce martial law or some type of craziness, which I don't see any American abiding to, you know, um, you know, we're, we're supposed to be the land of the free here. And, um, for, for anything other than this, what's that's happening now, um, that'll be quite the opposite. So I, 
it's it's gonna be hard. It's there's no real answer to this. It's it's just gonna take time. Yeah, this might break I, out I, I, some I, civil war type stuff if that happens. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that was gonna be my point. It's scary. It's scary because of course we don't know what we don't know, and that's 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 always the 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 variable that can change on a dime. That can be nothing, but it can be everything. Number two, as you both alluded to. We don't have a leader right now. We have a clown making suggestions, which is probably one of the reasons why the majority of the population did not take this seriously from the get-go. And with the back and forth and the ridiculous projections and him putting you know, money and finance in front of life, it can hit a critical tipping point. Again, you see law enforcement getting, getting involved now, turning people away from states and from areas and stuff like that, it's not going to take a lot to escalate it to, you know, to, to, to crisis, crisis in the sense of people fighting for stuff. I mean, we yeah, saw violence. the whole absolutely. violence. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Looting, we all these the, things, yeah. Absolutely. We saw, you know, where supermarkets are empty. I, I saw people get into a fight over toilet paper. I, I just, I just got, I just put, I left everything in my cart and I just left because to me, that's, this is where we're going, you know, until, unless we get this under control and unless we have our leaders leading for a change. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is, this is a very big test for all of us. And, uh, you know, I don't think it will be the last test, you know, so hopefully we step up and do better at this one. So the next one, you know, we'll will actually have a, a better chance at, um, at resolving in a better way. So, yeah, I, w let's move on. So what's going on in Jamaica? Um, oh, I know you have some some contact there and, and you've been getting some feedback. Yeah, so the number of cases in Jamaica right now, um, it is um, very small compared to um, the rest of the developed worlds. Um, it's 34 cases as of right now with one death. Um, Jamaica is on a virtual lockdown. Um, the travel is restricted. Um, there's not much movement to be had. But again, um, just like the situation here in the US, um, Jamaica does have uh, a few unruly um, citizens there. And, um, you know, from what I've been hearing, from what I've been hearing, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know they're not taking the, the precautions that they should be taking so i won't be surprised if the, if those um, numbers um, jump up um significantly in the next few few weeks yeah i hope not i really do i, I know that they've imposed like things like curfews and and things like that but like you said there are people who are still trying to hold concerts or had concerts planned and they're still moving forward with them or what we call Jamaica dances, um, exactly. yeah, and they're, they're still moving forward, which is um, troubling. You know, again, I, I, don't, I personally don't get it, but uh, you know, I, people cope with things in different ways, and you know, I, an island like Jamaica is very small. You could see um, a very rapid spread if people don't adhere, adhere to what they're being told, and, and and you know, I've seen other countries taking a much more dramatic approach. You know, with their law enforcement literally. You know, becoming violent, right? Beating people and, and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so I've seen you know, those videos in India where, <laughs> yeah, doing push-ups, sit-ups, beating them with whips, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. But I mean, listen, I mean, that's what people respond to, right? And and 
yeah, you hate to see it, but you know that's what people. That's what sometimes that's needed, you know, to create a a, a movement and a response in people. You know, that it's just sad. It really is. It really is surprising that, it, but, you know, people need but that. But touching on India for a little bit, because um, that's where I think the next major outbreak and and massive number multituding is going to take place. I saw a news clip this morning where, you know, people are trying to leave the, the, the majority, the, um, the highly populated areas. And the train system, the, the the entire transportation system, millions of people are in close proximities with each other right now, trying to get away from everything. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that's like the purpose, the perfect formula for catastrophe. And if this gets, you know, if this gets wild in a country like India that has such a huge population, we're going to still be in trouble, you know, six months from now. Yeah, the key here is a vaccine. You know, there's it, we need a way in which we can um, get to to neutralize this, and that's you know quite some time away. I know we're looking at treatments right now more than anything else, so you know, that's been a huge focus. But I saw that the um, government signed a four and a half billion dollar deal, or maybe somewhere around there, with Johnson and Johnson, um, kind of over the weekend. Um, because they've been working on a vaccine and I think they're you know, about to enter clinical trials. And not about to, I think they said sometime in September, which is the craziest thing. But um, again, it's, it, it, there's a process to all that and I know it takes time. Um, I'm just hoping they find ways to fast track that to maybe help you know, countries like India because you, you know, there's no social distancing in India. Holy cow, man. It's, it, it, if you've ever been to India, you see that there's people on top of each other constantly. So I, I just don't know how, you know, how countries like that will fare. Um, and But we're going to see like a lot of travel restrictions and bans stay in place, you know, especially as things um, begin to flatten out. Um, you'll see people who have it a little bit more under control from a medical perspective begin to say, hey, listen, no more. We want no one coming in, um, you know, from countries that are flaring up. And you know, we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, uh, travel as we know it will not be the same for quite some time and, and you know, so we have to be prepared and ready for that. Um, so that leads me to the fact that there was a two trillion dollar plan for consumers um, kind of put out there uh, and people should be receiving um, checks uh, they said in three to four weeks or something like that direct deposit might be faster um, you know, but people on the, who earn under 90k should be getting a check of some kind. I'm waiting to hear the reports on kind of how this all goes. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the actual execution of this happens and, and whether it happens well. Uh, my fingers are crossed because I know a lot of small business owners and, and, and just consumers overall bills are coming due. And, you know, a lot of people are not you know, easing up on those bills. <laughs> you know, it, there's literally a domino effect here. So, um, I, I understand it, and, and I'm hoping that this $2 trillion plan does help. You know, it, it feels like a one-time thing. I think they're going to need to revisit this more and more as we go along here, but, um, you know, time will tell. It's interesting because I was, um, you, know, I, you know, I just took a drive yesterday um, because I was really going crazy in the house, so I um, just hopped in the car and took a drive out. And... Um, I, you know, a lot of these small businesses that, you know, I used to frequent are, are shuttered right now. And, um, 
you know, the, 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 the Small Business Association, let's be real, their, their process is slow, it's cumbersome, and it's going to take months for any of these businesses to see any um, relief. So, you know, I, I, I think the landscape, you know, nationwide is going to change in the next few months because a lot of these businesses will, won't be able to survive the next few months, even while they're trying to apply for these loans. And, and after they apply and get approved, how long will it take for them to get the funding? You know, it's so much going on here. And it's, um, and, you know, there's nothing anybody can do. You know, the, the system is old. And, um, you know, it, 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 I think a lot of things are going to be shown to the light here um, in the next few months in, in yeah. terms of the process of um, the, the system. Yeah, we were, I always, I always joked to people and said, you know, America is a first world country with lots of third world systems and operations, right? You know, it is unbelievable. And now we're getting put to the test, right? This is a real test of our infrastructure. And, you know, money has never been properly spent on infrastructure in this country, um, you know, and, and so now we're about to truly see what the effects of that is when we are now trying to deploy help to people and not able to do it. We saw that our healthcare system pretty much collapse um, under this already, uh, and, and it's not at its worst case, right? So, so again, we can only, you know, you know, it's designed to collect your money, right? Not give you money. It's the reality that the right. IRS has the best systems in the world to collect your money, <laughs> but not to give you. So it's very, but, very scary. Yeah, and just, you know, for me to add to that, I, I don't see where it's going to work. Because number one, it's it's one thing like when we had the economy class back in 2008, um, when a stimulus package was sent out, everyone got a $600 check and stuff, but people still had jobs. People still had a source of income. Right now, this $500 to $1,200 check, these checks are, are spent already before, before, before consumers receive it, okay? And if the whole, the whole scenario with the pandemic continues, if we're still out of jobs, if we're still out of work, if we're still incapable of leaving our homes and still need to consume food and other items, where's the money gonna come from? You understand? So I just, I see it almost as a distraction. I'm, I know it's going to help the people who need it 100%, but I need to see some planning beyond that, you know, and I haven't heard anything, any kind of political discussion or strategy being given in case this doesn't work the way that they think it is or should, because I don't think it will. I, in fact, I think it might be more of a distraction than anything else. So, you know, the, that leads us into a good point, you know, that the consumer bailout alone, this $2 trillion, is definitely not enough. And, and so, you know, there is discussion right now about that $4 trillion plan for business bailouts. Now, the business bailouts, of course, are more focused not on small business, but large scale businesses that employ people, uh, you know, massive amounts of people. There's a, there's a $4 trillion bailout for businesses? Absolutely. $4 trillion dollars right now being discussed in, in the Senate um, and will more than likely make its way to the to, to Congress shortly. Um, and it's to bail out the places like airlines and, and car companies and everybody else who they who, who are now having to lay off people. The idea that, that they're utilizing here is that 
they've infused the economy with um, this two trillion dollar first to help people kind of get through bills and so on but they, they, they're hoping to get people back to work right but you know there's a flaw in this plan like we talked about at the top of this right is that COVID-19 will still be around right it's not gone so you know them reinfusing and giving companies bailouts um, to stay afloat you know again employees still can't get back to work now, we're hoping that it means that they're going to ensure that these people continue to get paid because that's the most important thing here is that if you're billing out these companies, the money should be going towards the salaries of these people. Keep them on the payroll, right? Not, not, not just give them money to give themselves large bonuses, which is essentially what happened in 2008 at the end of the day, right? It, 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 it's troubling to a certain degree because you don't know what this money is going to be used for and you hope it's used for properly. So we'll see what happens when it gets, a, when it gets through and they actually let the public know exactly the details of this. But you know, time will If tell. I still had dreads, I'd be pulling them out right now. How can you how can you bail out uh, 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 the, the corporations when there's no people working to stimulate the economy? Like how that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's there's the Republican way. It's the Republican. Right. It's a trickle down theory. Out doing anything right now. Nobody's shopping like how they used to. There's no there's no eating out like how you're supposed to. You know, like there is no stimulating the economy right now. People are gonna get a twelve hundred dollar check. And that's it, a one-time $1,200 check. Yeah, yeah, they might depend on the unemployment that, um, insurance benefits, but then they, they still have bills they have to pay. So I, I, I don't understand. It's, it's yeah, ridiculous. So. I know it is. I, I think, though, you know, if, they, if, they, if they get this thing right, right, if they get the bailout right for corporations, there is a shot, as I said, if the money is clearly directed towards keeping people on the pay payroll and not putting them on unemployment, Right. So keeping them, you know, you know, even though they're not physically able to work, you continue to get your check to reduce that unemployment number. Right. Because right now in one week, 3.2 million people applied for unemployment in one week. That's just totally unprecedented. We're, we're at a 30 plus percent right now unemployment rate in America. And that um, was and, more than the 2008 crisis. Like, well, more. combined. Yeah. like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So. No man, I'm 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 really shocked. Shocked, you know? right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I stand, you know, here and I, I look at it, and I, I we're living in just really, really unprecedented times, um, and so these reactions that are happening from our government and our leadership, uh, you know, it's really meant to say that they're doing something. No one knows the impact of this and whether it will truly work, right? Um, one thing I do know in situations like this is. A lot of times the wrong people end up with this money, the people that don't need it, right? And and that, that's the thing that troubles me the most. Let's make sure that there are right provisions in place. We already know of one industry that will not benefit from this. And guess what? It's us, cannabis, right? So we've already been left out of the bill, right? Uh, we're not looked at as an industry that will get a bailout, um, which is super disappointing, right? In, in terms of the fact that it recently cannabis was deemed essential so we went from illegal to essential and yet we're not being looked at as an industry that should um, receive any of this bailout money because we're not still not federally legal or covered it blows my mind 
Yeah, I mean, something needs to change there. I mean, it's not surprising. It's not surprising, right? Um, I think the people, um, the, the powers that be, um, still have this notion um, surrounding cannabis that you know it's, um, you know, it's for stoners. Um, they don't see the benefits of it, so it's it's really not surprising. You know, they haven't done anything on banking. Um, it's 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 going to take some time here. And um, right. I, I, but don't I you think it's a little crazy oh, that you you recognize? I mean, New York, Washington, Illinois, all these states recognize the need to keep cannabis available, right? To hopefully keep people calm is really what it really it boils down to. But they, they moved it to an essential thing because they recognize that if you have a medical card, you might have a medical reason why you need, uh, you know, this is medicine. Um, and and yet you're not recognizing as an industry. It, it, it defeats, you know, the, the, the logic, right? Of, of you making it available in one way and saying it's essential, but then when it comes time to keep the industry alive and running and the people that work for that industry alive and running, you're excluding them. It's, it's, it's just another flaw of breaking our government. Oh, so wait, let me, let me just get this straight here. So there's contradicting messages being sent by our government? <laughs> surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise, surprise there, you know? I, I, honestly, um, I am not surprised that they didn't. But of course, you know, they threw us the bone by allowing it to be, you know, essential. And I, I really still think that's a start. I really do think that with the pandemic going on, that this really is a huge opportunity for us in the cannabis industry. Because number one, the people who are least affected by it are those that have strong immune systems. So it means good, healthy, wellness lifestyle. Number two, the effects of cannabis, bringing us back to a state, a state of balance that we constantly talk about, keeping us calm, dealing with anxiety, all of the things that can set us over the edge that makes us susceptible to this disease, cannabis can help. So I think it's, it's, it's an opportunity for us as in the industry to seize. So yes, there's all this contradiction going on, but you know, we, the right ones, we who know what it does and how it works, you know, I think it's an opportunity for us to step up and push our message. Now you're hundred percent right. You know, I'm going to play a little piece here that I picked up from the news that talked about how cannabis is now essential, just, just for context for our listeners to get a sense of, of, of the viewpoint of, of others. So take a listen. In response to the coronavirus outbreak, non-essential businesses are closed. But one new industry remains open. Eyewitness News reporter Ravithi Janaswamy has more on how medical marijuana dispensaries are open to help patients. Yannick and Candace, the Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine said on Friday that medical marijuana dispensaries and processors are considered life-sustaining businesses and therefore will be able to continue operations as normal. During the coronavirus outbreak, the Department of Health is taking steps to assist those who have prescribed medical marijuana. In a statement, she said, We want to be sure cardholders in the medical marijuana program can receive medication for one of 23 serious medical conditions during this difficult time. 
On March 20th, some regulations have changed. Sabrina Smith is the president of Crowd Pow Wow Proud, a nonprofit which educates people about medical marijuana. She says the biggest change is dispensary employees will be able to give cardholders their medical marijuana in their car on the dispensary's property following social distancing guidelines. Being able to go out and serve the community in their car is actually a blessing because I see a lot of the elderly standing in line, waiting. There's also no longer a limit on the number of patients assigned to a caregiver, a person designated to pick up the medication. Background checks are no longer required for the renewal of caregiver applications. In-person consultations are also waived and 90-day supplies of the medication is now allowed. Smith says labeling the medical marijuana industry as life essential helps fight the stigma against marijuana. This is something the governor is actually keeping around. It starts to tell people like this is the, the healthy way to go. Smith says that medical marijuana also helps those with severe anxiety, which could get worse due to the stress of this uncertain time. In Edwardsville, Ravithi Janaswamy, Eyewitness News. The changed regulations will remain in place as long as the emergency proclamation All is right. in All right. So, uh, again, a couple of times they, they literally referred to cannabis as an industry, right? Marijuana as an industry, right? Um, and, you know, it's clear, obviously, that it's just not being treated that way at the federal level, unfortunately. Um, and I will stop beating my drum on that, but it needs to be because it is getting absolutely ridiculous now, these mixed messages. Uh, because eventually, obviously, I think that the cannabis industry will be impacted by COVID-19 in a bigger way. There has been some spikes, though, right? Um, and, 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 oh, um, I know we saw some numbers that have increased over time here since the COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so recreational sales in um, California, Colorado, and Oregon um, jumped up by half. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, you know, anticipating um, or even experiencing this lockdown has made their way to these um, cannabis dispensaries and provision centers to, to stack up on their product. Um, what does it mean for the long term, though? I don't think that's going to stay the case. Again, um, you know, um, medical medically, um, people need their medicine, right? So, you know, it's just like anything else. You you go and you, you get a prescription for the, the, the flower that you need or the, the, the product that you need to, to ease your ailment. So I don't think the medical side will take uh, as much of a of a of a of a hit um, as the recreational side, um, this jump in the recreation is 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 good because you know again we 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 touched on it before that people do need some type of relief from this um, very high anxiety time that we're living in. Uh, but you know there are a few people out there that do require and um, depend on cannabis for their daily um, wellness. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I think even across the border from me here, you know, in Canada, um, you know, they saw a hundred percent spike in two weeks uh, of people, you know, buying cannabis. You know, it was one of those things. High anxiety, like you said, you're being locked in, you're shut in, uh, and uh, you know. And I saw a funny quote once that that said that Netflix is a hell of a lot funnier when you're in <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so so I think maybe that's part of it uh, too. But like you mentioned, oh, this is not a sustainable thing for our, our business uh, because, you know, as you heard from the report, after the emergency level has been reduced, things will go back to the way it was. Um, you know, I'd much rather hear that they would review it and look at, you know, um, provisions to ensure that, you know, in the event we had a problem like this, things 
would be easier, you know, um, for people to have access and so on, um, you know, particularly through delivery services and other options. Uh, you know, and so when you hear these numbers, though, on the legal market, you know that the illegal market is probably killing it. <laughs> you oh, know? man, it's the, 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 the uh, unregulated, let's call it unregulated. Yes. The unregulated market is jumping right now. There's so many people who are, you know, going to their neighborhood um, dealers and, um, you know, growers to, to, to really stock up on, on their, their, their medicine, man. And, and it's, um, it's a good time to be alive for cannabis growers, I guess, <laughs> who, are not, who are not paying taxes. <laughs> yes, ex yes, exactly. Those that are not under the heavy tax restrictions like we are. So, um, you know, when I look at the stock market, too, I see it's also impacting those um, guys like Tilray. They soared 125 percent over the over last week. Um, Aurora and Canopy are also up about 20 percent. Uh, again, all, you know, noted to the, the fact that right now there's a demand. Uh, and, you know, again, we, we won't be able to, to sustain this demand. I'm just saying it right now. Um, at the end of the day, people will end up with a whole lot of cannabis potentially in their homes that they, they hoarded, um, maybe even going bad. Uh, and, and on top of that, you will find that um, when things go back to normal, the access levels to the product will be less. Um, so I'm just hoping that you know we use this in the industry, though, as somewhat of a momentum um, to really seize the moment that we have here um, as cannabis being essential to, to begin to push um, more and more upon you know, not just consumers and people who, who have a stigma against um, cannabis, but our lawmakers, right? You know, we had a whole lot of states who are going to vote this year on legalizing cannabis, right? Recreationally or medically. And I'm worried, quite honestly, of the impact that this COVID-19 will have on the legislation that we need and the voting that we need to get this um, passed. Um, in many of these states. So I'm hoping that, you know, the momentum that we're having now, we can carry that through in some way, shape or form and, and really utilize it to benefit the industry since, you know, obviously the government is not going to help us that much um, financially here. I agree. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, it's, it's, it really is a terrible situation across the board here. But, um, you know, the, the, the silver lining, as you said, is that, you know, we're we're now deemed essential. Um, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, we don't know what the next couple of months or even the next few years will bring in terms of um, the impacts of this um, pandemic. But uh, only time will tell. And we, we just have to be hopeful here. Yeah, guys, for me, I, I hear everything you guys are saying. There are levels of it. The majority of it I agree with. But, you know, so much has happened in the past two to six months where predictions go completely out the window. We're in just we're, we're in strange times right now. You know, there's there are just so many moving parts, so many variables. Um, I wish I could be. You know, I, 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 it's the first time we're, we're both, you know, we're all making predictions and I, and I really have none. I just want to be able to see tomorrow, you know, but, um, but I'm in agreement with the majority of what you're saying, but I just hope that, um, common sense prevails, logic prevails, um, and a lot of high people, you know, use some common sense and use some calm, calm rationality and thought process and, and let us all figure this stuff out. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, 
let's run through the takeaways here, right? So the takeaways are really based on what we've all just been discussing. The while this is a very, very bad pandemic, there is a very high recovery rate. And I think it can be better if we have the right equipment and things like that. That's a huge takeaway here. Um, you know, in addition to that, people just need to listen to what they're being asked to do, right? We have to do our best to stop the spread, right? Because we're overwhelming an already overwhelmed system, right? And, and it's not helping, right? It's continuing to extend. Um, and that is just not good, right? We talked about bailout packages. We don't know how well these are gonna work, but at least it's something. And, and let's see, you know, let's try and stay positive about it um, and, and watch and see. Let's ensure that maybe there is the right ideas being deployed here to help the economy and, and, and it will do something to at least keep people from, you know, getting into a situation of desperation which is what I fear the most, right? You know, it's, you know, you get to that point and things become violent uh, and no one wants that, right? We're already seeing everyone getting a little bit nervous about people crossing states and so on. Um, and even some ethnic issues around, you know, um, particularly Asians. Uh, and, you know, none of that's called for, right? You know, at the end of the day, people are human and we shouldn't be doing that to people. Um, the other side of this is that we saw some uptick in cannabis, right? And we're getting some notoriety, we're getting some visibility in a positive way, right? And I'm hoping we can share that and keep that momentum. So that's a very big takeaway here, you know, and, and also, you know, this might be a temporary burst in terms of the financial benefits we're experiencing, but, um, but seize the momentum, seize the day, and, and let's see if we can use that to propel the industry even, you know, more forward. So that, those are my closing thoughts. Anything from you guys? You summed it up um, excellently, G. Good job. All right. Nope, you hit the nail right on the head. Only thing I can say is live one day at a time. Appreciate every moment. Hug your family, kiss your kids, man. Absolutely. Take care of your parents. Absolutely. Yeah, so true, so true. And again, condolences on your loss, um, Andre. Listen, no one wants to go through that. And I'm sure our listeners share their condolences with you also. I appreciate it, guys. I really do. Thank you. Hey, tell them as any to represent it. Jamrock Organics, them have the best. Yeah, eh. Medicine Marijuana. Jamrock Organics, tell them. We have the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show brought to you by Jamrock Organics. If you enjoyed the show today, please support us by sharing the podcast or leaving us a review. To learn more about us, check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on this show from the hosts or guests as medical, legal, or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment-related. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace and love, my friends.